In the early 2000s, a global climate crisis emerged from humankind's disregard for the Earth and its natural systems. Scientists warned of an apocalypse the likes of which could eradicate human existence. The blaming began, with the leaders of many powerful nations pointing fingers at each other. Eventually, war erupted, and deadly nuclear salvos fired from the biggest superpowers ravaged much of the Earth, destroying and irradiating large portions of its surface. Certain major cities survived, and from the ashes rose again. The survivors did what they could, utilizing the resources of a few very wealthy corporations to combat the climate crisis. For almost a century, civilization has survived, hobbled together with corporate governance, and expanded to the few sections of the globe still viable for sustaining human life. Antarctica, once an inhospitable frozen tundra, has become one such bastion for human life. Colonized by a Scottish arms corporation called Militech, Pilatus Antarctica is a thriving metropolis of the future. Last time on Roll Warriors, debts must be paid as the associates take to the streets for some uncomfortable repossession. The first stop on their list is the home of Ina Rogers and her boyfriend and mobster, Colm Shabinsky. Saul hashes out a meeting with Colm's boss, Fidel, and Colm escorts the group out when they mention Kissy Kate. Between running errands for Kissy, Abel manages to slip out in the evening and rendezvous with Stryker, where they discuss Hayes and other potential conspiracies. Determined to get something for their day's effort, Sui steals the cyber leg of debtor and mentally unstable veteran Stanley Finnan. This act is witnessed by a group of battle-ready dames, and the associates find themselves preparing for a fight. Abel, do you want to make a streetwise roll to see if you know who these people are? Yeah, can I use the roll that I just did? Sure. Dope. Streetwise. Uh, 24. Holy shit. Roll to 10. This group is called the Red Hots. <laughs> and you can assess them as they stand ready to attack you. Uh, Kamiko, she is wielding an SMG. And she's got like a like a silver um, bikini top and like uh, matching silver skinny jeans and then like um, really, really tall heels. I'm having like Austin Powers flashbacks right now. Yeah. And her hair is blue and red. Are they wearing inline skates or like roller skates? No skates. No skates. Are they waitresses or are they a roller derby team? Neither. Uh, Rhonda 
has um she's got natural hair uh so she's got like a very poofy hairdo uh she she's wielding a club and she also has a cheetah print outfit very similar to kamiko's it sounds like a club kid ruth ann has um kind of like farrah fawcett hair with a cowboy hat on she's got a switchblade ready and she is wearing uh, gold. Then Marsha, uh, who is also got Farrah Fawcett Wait, hair. Wait, could she have a stutter so she says Marsha, Marsha, Marsha? No. She has z- <laughs> I would like to cast Mechanical Bull and release a Mechanical Bull into the middle of this group. Because I hear these chicks like this. So that Very fun. Very funny. Um, she's got zebra print on, and uh, she just has a, a pistol. That she named Sanity. Okay, I'm done. And then finally, Helen, who is quite imposing muscular wise. Uh, she's just got brown hair tied tightly back, and she's got brass knuckles on her knucks. So you guys at, like turn to see them them all confronting you, and. Um, Kamiko's just like, looks like we're gonna give you guys a butt whooping, bitches. And then Rhonda's just like, <laughs> hey, Kamiko, shut up. We got a fight to do. And then Ruth Ann's just like, oh, can't we all just be nice? <laughs> I I, and then, I kind of agree with Ruth Ann. Um, no, you misunderstand, hun. I'm still gonna kick your teeth in, but I'm gonna be polite to my friends about it. Could you just like shoot me instead of kick my teeth in? I have I have a, a meeting in a little while. And then Helen speaks up and she's just like, "Oh, you got a meeting? Well, we've got a camera and we got to perform." And you see, they do actually have like a camera crew off in uh, one corner because they are filming a reality show. Dope! I'm gonna shoot the SMG out of Kamiko's hands. All right, you are going first, so you may do that, <laughs> or, or attempt. So it's going to be my D10 plus my reflex and my handgun ability? Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Let me roll the dice. Boom. Oh, that sucks. That's a three plus an eight, so that's 15. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hit her. Go. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't knock the gun out of her hand, but it will, it will wing her. Gonna throw her for a, for a loop. Okay, cool. So can I roll damage to see if I damage the weapon or her? Would I? I'm trying to shoot the gun to disable it. Is what well, my attempt is. The thing is, I would have given it to you if you rolled high enough. Okay. Um, but you rolled just enough to hit her, so you don't have that. You don't have that laser point aim to decide where where you're gonna where your bullet's gonna hit. It's gonna hit her in the arm. Their sequins are just, sorry, too bright. Shit. Um, oh, shit. I rolled two sixes. So, total of 12. Nice. That was, okay. And I'm using the dice roller. Maybe these are more, that's more lucky than my own actual fucking dice. Yeah, Kimiko screams out in pain. Stupid fucking bitch. You see what she just did to me? Sorry. That was not my intention. Sorry. I, I know a guy. And then I'm going to shut up for cover. Can I take some cover? Um, yeah. Like, preferably not behind a car, because I've seen shit that, that Saul does, and I don't want to be behind 
anything that he could potentially use as a secondary bomb. Bro, it'll be fine. It, it is never fine. Well, your choices are running behind Stanley's um, cart of crap. Okay. You could choose a car or um, you can go and there's like a office building that has like one of those kind of um, like cement handrails. Okay. Uh, that goes all the way to the floor. Yeah, dope. I'll, I'll hide behind that. All right, so you leap over. Um, give me just like a dexterity. That's a seven on the dice. Fifteen. You vault over just fine and and duck behind the cement. So why do women insist on matching their tops to their bottoms all the time? Just, is it like tailored? Is it like do you buy it like that? I just don't understand. And yeah. Are you saying this out loud? Yes. Marsha speaks up and she says, um, well, actually we have costume designers who put the clothes on us. I don't really get a choice. I wouldn't have my boobs showing this much if I had a choice. And I'm just going to shout back. I I wouldn't shoot you if I had a choice, Marsha. You sound kind of cool. Well, that's fine, but... We did take a pretty big contract from the Kennedys to whack you, so especially you. Oh, good. They, they were like, they were like, I mean, we could throw the bodies of the other two in a dumpster uh, or whatever, but they they really want you. So glad the family misses me. Abel is now taking cover after a successful shot was fired. It is um, Sufengji's turn. All right, so can I start by talking shit? I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like enrage Helen so like she loses focus and probably cool. Okay, so Seraphon G starts by using talk shit. What Helen smash? Sorry, my processes are too advanced to process barbaric. Helen was just like, oh no, you did not just say that. Oh yes, I did. I know she did not just say that. And Ron is just like, she just said that. What, Helen Smash? I can't understand you. She cracks her knuckles. Alright, so hopefully she's good and pissed off. Um, I'm going to... What's my position to her, exactly? You guys are about... um, They're kind of standing in like a semicircle with their cameraman off to the side. And you guys are... Well, you two, Saul and Soifeng Ji, are still kind of standing in the middle of the street. About, um, you know, 12 meters away from them. Okay. Um, I'm going to further try to incite rage in a group by instead of shooting at them, shooting at the camera that the cameraman is holding. Okay. Right, I rolled an eight. Reflex is nine. All right, so that's a uh, 17. Yeah, that's going to hit him. Hit the camera. Cool. Take that, bitches. Record that. All right, give me damage. Oh, they're both sixes. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, the camera explodes when the bullet uh, goes through, and the cameraman's just like, What the fuck? What are you thinking? Are you crazy? We had 100 million watchers. Nah, you got none. And he, like, pulls out a secondary camera, and he's just like, 
This one sucks, but I guess I'll have to make do. Hey, if we get rid of that, that dude, like, can we just kind of, like, pay you off or something? It's going to be uh, Ruth Ann that speaks up, and she's just like, Oh, cutie, you don't understand. Our entire reputation is at stake. Destroy the cameras! Destroy the cameras, everyone! Who cares about their reputation? No, now I kind of want to keep one. All right, so Sufeng-G, that was your that was your attack. Do you have any other moves or anything you want to do? Is there anything close by I can duck behind? A car. Okay, I duck behind a car. Okay, you are ducked behind a car. All right, I end my turn with that. Thanks for leaving me out in the open, guys. That's cool, um, because it's the both of the ranged attackers next, Kimiko and Marsha. And Kimiko's pretty pissed at Abel for shooting her in the arm. So she's going to focus Sorry. on uh, doing suppressive fire at you, Abel. Oh boy. Dope. So what is your will plus concentration plus d10? Uh, t- 23. All right. Yeah, you're not impeded. That so. I got, Masha, Masha, Masha. She's just, she's shooting um, over the top of this cover that you have, the cement arm rail, and it is, like, flying over there, Um, but there's, like, a break every few seconds, and you you can time it out pretty well. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're welcome, uh, Saul. Thanks. Thanks for being a target. Yep, yep. Either way... Next, Marsha is going to uh, train her pistol on you, Saul. God damn it, Marsha. I thought you were the nice one. I'm practical. And you're standing out in the open. Guess that's fair. All right. She rolls 13. Looks like it's going to miss. Oh. Oh. Oh, it does. Oh, look at that. She missed from... 12 feet, twelve meters away. Certainly not the high point of her day. <laughs> and Saul's just kind of like standing there like covering himself. And he's just he's surprised that she missed. He's like... Oh, okay. Got all my limbs, got everything still attached. All right. <laughs> all right, it is Saul's turn. Um, um, Marsha, like, you might be, like, like, uh, practical, but you're kind of also a bitch. And so Saul's going to go ahead and try to do a three-round burst. So, oof. That is a two on the D10, but plus submachine gun, plus six, and then reflex, five. That's another 13. So you're going to roll with um, two damage dice. Or, well, um, what's the what's your normal damage on that? It's 2d6, so I think it would be 3. Yeah, 3d6. All right. Um, that is 15 points straight to Marsha's face hole. All right. You guys noticed this pretty early on. The drawback to having these really sexy outfits is that there's nothing stopping the bullets. <laughs> And Marsha Marcia notes this to the cameraman. She's just like, see, see, this is why I say we go in wearing Kevlar. And Ruth Ann's just like, but the world needs to see me, honey. Well, all right. Um, you guys have that conversation amongst yourselves. And Saul's just kind of kind of like casually walk over to where Soy Fungi is hidden behind the car and just kind of like squat down next to Soy. And be like, hey, Soy. <laughs> Glad you made it, buddy. Thanks for all the cover there, you know. Uh, sorry, buddy. I just had to wait for it to roll back around to me. It's okay. Like, here, I got an idea. When that big lady with the, the knuckles comes around here and tries to punch me, like, you just take the punch and I'll do the shooting. How about that? 
how about I distract her and you do the shooting? Yeah, that's a, that's a cool answer. Well, you don't have to wait very long because Rhonda and Ruthann and Helen all descend on you two hiding behind the car. Rhonda is going to swing her like it's like kind of like a billy club or a modern version of a truncheon. And it might even have a little bit of a zap to it. ACAB, ACAB! Thirteen twelve, thirteen twelve. 12, 13, 12. Okay, so she rolled a 10. Oh, that's ouch. Okay, and then she gets to roll an extra dice. 23. Oh, fuck. And that's, so armor doesn't ablate that, does it, since it's bludgeoning? It doesn't ablate, it It just ignores half of it. It's the attacker's dex plus melee weapon skill plus D, 1d10 versus... The defender's decks plus evasion plus one d10. Oh, all right. So I got to roll. Yeah, you got to roll, and you have to beat a twenty-three. So that's six plus five is eleven plus another three. That's fourteen. Yeah. So it's it's gonna hit you, and you're going to take. Well, man, it's only like three damage. Solid. Okay. So you're only gonna take one and a half. Well, two damage because we round up. Ow, it kind of like smarted, but honestly, it didn't hurt. Uh, uh, whatever. Could you just not hit me again, um, Rhonda? That's your name, right? Man, I can't do anything. I got producers to, to appease, so I'm just going to have to keep hitting you with this big stick. That okay? Um, not really, but like, I understand where you're coming from, man. It's hard to escape from the, you know, producer-style Illuminati that they have going on in there. And... Well, as you're talking about this, um, Ruth Ann is going to try to stab you with his, with her switchblade. 19. All right. So Saul rolled a 10 on the first die. On the second, he rolled a 7. And then plus reflex is 5. So 17 plus 5 is 22. Plus intelligence is 6. So that's 28. So... I guess Saul somehow has, like, eyes in the back of his skull and he just dodges it like a ninja. Yeah, you, like, the knife goes towards, like, your abdomen and you kind of just deck out of the way uh, as it comes into... I mean, she's wearing heels. Like, you heard her approach you. It's not that hard. She's wearing, like, high heels and it's a cement ground, so you just heard, like... (laughs) As she tried to sneak up on you. Ugh. Like, I would feel worse for you, Ruthann, if you didn't try to, like, you know, stab me. But, like, I was just talking to Rhonda. Could we just, like, talk this talk this out? Helen is going to punch Sufang Ji, and she will get two hits. Mmm! I rolled a one for my D10. That's a fuck. fumble, my dude. Dang. So she's just going to get a free shot. Oh, fuck. Five for the first hit. And she punches you with her brass knuckles. Ow. And you have to beat a 14 for the next one. I have to beat a 14? Yeah, with your evasion. Okay. Okay, I rolled a nine. So nine plus nine is 18. All right, then. Uh, yeah, the second hit is going to is going to go past you. She's not very fast, so you beat her for speed. Um, cause she's just got this bulk. Ah, take that bitch. You won't hit me again. I will too. Come here, you little thing. In your dreams. And then I just run away from them. 
Helen wants snack. Helen hungry. Helen smash. What? <laughs> oh, you guys are being really mean to this Helen here. Yeah, because her shooting and stabbing it and punching at us is not like mean at all or malicious intent at right. all. No, like I, I definitely agree. We should murk the people who are trying to like hurt us. But like, if Helen and like let's say. Ruthann miss us a bunch of times. Although I don't really like Ruthann. I like Rhonda better. So if Helen and Rhonda miss us a bunch of times, wink, wink, then, you know, we don't have to do nothing. Right? Can I hear our conversation? Well, if you're talking out loud. Uh, no, like oh. Saul, Saul is yelling this from behind the, uh, the car. This is the lychee debacle all over again, where you're just like <laughs> trying to withhold information and not doing a very good job of it. Right. Okay, it's a okay. wonder that Sui Fang Ji is a successful spy. <laughs> I don't work well with others. When they want information leaked, they're like, oh, we need them to find out about this fucking thing without them knowing that we want them to find out about this fucking thing. I have just the cyborg. Let's just say that Sui Fang Ji is the most famous spy ever. <laughs> yes, hey. not a trait you want. I just don't work well with others, okay? I get confused. <laughs> Abel, it's your turn. Dope. I'm going to look for a producer. Is there a producer around? The producer doesn't seem to be in, in the nearby vicinity. You can make a roll, though. Okay, yeah. I'm looking for anybody that seems like he he's he or she is like a handler or like a producer or an agent or like in charge. Because there seems to be some conflict going on amongst the group as to their true intent. Would that be my... Could I... Is that a streetwise? Or awareness notice? Awareness notice. Alright. So, that is gonna be... 25. Besides the cameraman and you guys and Stanley, who's still trying to figure out how to walk again, there is in, like, down an alleyway kind of surveying things there is a gentleman in uh, a lime green suit with very like elaborate bedazzling going on and he's wearing like alligator shoes and has a uh, rather expensive pair of sunglasses on and he's kind of got his his hands together as he watches what's going on. Hmm. Does he look like he's armed? Like, obviously armed. That's going to be another role, and I think it's probably more, uh, like, human perception or... Streetwise? I think in this instance, it's going to be more of a human perception because you're trying to, to determine who this person is and if they oppose a threat. Am I correct? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm I'm proficient in human perception as well, so I will go well, yeah, for that. Yeah, you should be. You're you're in the media. I'm totally perceptive, and I totally crit on that. So that's gonna roll be roll a second dice. Roll a second dice. Roll a second. Roll D10? your second dice. Yes, and add it. I okay. have not been doing this before, and I it's totally my fault. Um, but if you get a critical success in cyberpunk red you roll an extra dice and add that to your result dope so off the dice it's 18 plus human perception is 4 so 22 plus my empathy would be 
plus 13, so that's 35. Good lord. This guy is not armed. He is, however, the producer. You can tell. All right. I'm going to, since it looks like the girls are distracted, uh, keep it up, guys. You're doing great. I'm going to run over to this fucker and train my gun on him, specifically at his nether regions. Okay, you can get to within um, about 20 meters of him. 20 meters? Okay. On your move, yeah. So that'll be my move, and then I'm going to hold my action, but I'm going to say, call your bitches off, or you're going to have a really sad rest of your fucking life. And then I'll just, if he um, does not call them off, or seems like he's going to attack in any way, I'm going to shoot him. We're going to do something a little different here, because this has not come up yet, and I think it should. Because what you are trying to do right now is uh, not everything on the street is determined with fists or guns. In a world where combat can end your life in a hot nanosecond, other methods have evolved to determine who is going to be the top dog in a conflict. Um, So we're going to use your reputation to determine how this is going to play out. And it's going to be like your role versus his role. And Mm -hmm. whoever wins is going to have the advantage in determining the outcome of this thing. So my credibility? Yeah, it's kind of... Um, yeah. I will say... I am looking at a chart to determine your reputation level, and I'm thinking stories are all over your local area. Yeah. Okay, so that would be a reputation of four. Dope. On a, on a possible scale of ten. So you're going to take that mm-hmm. four, okay. add it to your cool... Add it to a D10, and this will determine whether or not the enemy opponent will back down or take a negative three to any future checks made against this particular opponent due to fear until they defeat them once. Okay. So it's a 13 plus six, which puts us at a 19. All right. He rolled an eight. He has a cool of four so that's 12 and he has a reputation of six so he's uh, got 18 18 yeah bitch <laughs> that's fucking cool he sees you like pull up on him with your gun drawn and he's like shit shit don't shoot me this is a new suit okay fuck um this has never happened before let me process this for a minute yeah, and, and it's never going to happen again, motherfucker. And he, and he just, like, kind of drops to his knees and, and thinks about the ramifications that you were going to instill upon his career, his livelihood, and the rest of time. Yeah, the rest of your fucking generations. And after, like, a spell, like, all, all of the girls have stopped fighting, and they're just kind of waiting to see what the fuck's going to happen here. And... After a time, he's just like, listen, uh, I don't mean no disrespect. The The Kennedys, they, they said they got a big contract out for you. And, like, we took it because our show really, really needs the ratings. But listen, my life ain't worth it. Okay? Fuck. Do you know why fucked heads like the Kennedys outsource these kind of jobs? 
Do you do you know why? Why would they send you, of all people, after me? Do you fucking know who I am? They said you were like some sort of some sort of rat. You talked or something. That's all I know, man. If I was just a fucking rat, you'd lay out traps. You wouldn't send out a fucking kill squad to get them. You tell the Kennedys that if they send another set of jackasses after me, I'm sending them back in body bags with their dicks in their hands. You got it? And Ruth Ann's just like, oh shit, this took a weird turn, okay. And um, the, the guy is just like, all right, girls, uh, let's pack it up. Uh, we got a good day of shooting. Um, you know, great job, everybody. Oh, and uh, Lizard Boy? Yeah? Not you, Saul. This Lizard Boy. Oh, oh you were talking to me? Yeah. Tell Kamiko if she ever wants a cup of coffee to, you know, give me a call. Okay, get the fuck out of here. Same with Rondo, she's cool. <laughs> and they just, the, the cameraman just like stops recording. And he's just like, lost a fucking camera over this. This is bullshit. They don't pay me enough for this. And starts to leave. And all the girls just, like, kind of put away their weapons and, like, walk away, like, arm in arm, just, like, discussing current events as if nothing, none of this ever happened. Um, the producer has pissed himself and is trying very hard to, like, scrub it out of his suit uh, until the cameraman just like picks him up and kind of just like walks him away and then they're gone. And that's when we do our little like high five episode ending screenshot. Ha-cha! Well, not quite. Oh, shit. <laughs> but then- uh, good job. Good job. The media has performed her media duties, uh, right. which I think was the first time that we've seen it. And I really like it because you know, uh, Abel has her specific <laughs> skill set that she doesn't often get to flaunt. And this is one of those moments. And that was pretty as, badass. As soon as they're completely out of earshot or sight, I'm just gonna kind of like dry retch into the corner of the alley. Like, uh, uh, okay, that was a lot. <clears throat> <laughs> out of character, does oh, this oh. also boost um, Abel's like street cred? Or reputation um a little bit it's it's kind of hard to cultivate a reputation and you kind of get the sense that they might not post this but yeah i mean if anyone else was watching they're definitely they've they've taken a note yeah that's not good let's get the fuck out of here just interjects by saying <clears throat> I'd like to apologize for my petty behavior. <laughs> um, it was simply a tact to convince the girls to squabble among themselves since we were outnumbered.
I totally think that's justified. I just told a man I was going to send him home in a body bag with a dick in his hand. So I feel like on the scale of one to, to fucked up, you're sitting at like a three, Sufungi. At least on this one. Okay. So you guys have the leg? Yeah, Sufungi, where's the leg? Uh, I left it by the car. Shit, go get the leg. You see, like, Stanley trying to crawl for it. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, Sufian just, like, goes over there and grabs it. See, now, that's like a six on the fucked up scale. I just kick it away from his hand. <laughs> just went up to a nine. Saul has not moved from the car, and he's just kind of, like, watching this happen as he's waving to the uh, the Red Hots. Bye. And I hope Rhonda, like, I wish her luck in her future career. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, Abel, Kimiko, huh? Tell me all about that. Oh, um, she was just kind of, like, I felt like in a group of, um, ladies, the one carrying the biggest gun is the one that you should attempt to flirt with, so that if you are rejected by the woman with the largest gun, you'll at least end up with a pistol. Okay, well... Just so you know, mm-hmm. whenever I was purposefully punched, I did manage to stick a tracking device on her. So if you want to know where she hangs out, I mean, we can always take a walk. Oh, shit. Okay. I mean, yeah, I kind of have a lot of a lot of ducks in the fire at the moment. So um, let me just... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll also interject here. They, they have a TV show um, and... They all have very, like, active social media presences, so it would not be hard to creeper stalk this person. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll give it, like, like probably 30 minutes and then find, like, Kamiko and Marsha on. Oh, yeah, and since they're all popular, I can probably, like, hack their personal files, too. But I'm not going to follow them. I'm just going to, like, find it. And be like, oh, I didn't know. Uh, she's a Sagittarius. Never mind. Uh, yeah, that's not gonna work out. And oh, then she just, takes like, dumb pictures of food. Ugh, fuck. So... I am still feeling pretty um, like jazzed up after that whole interaction. Can we? Can we like go somewhere so I can get like I don't know some caffeine uh, to mellow out this kind of adrenaline rush that I'm getting? Because I feel like caffeine is the exact thing that I need to add to this. Oh, so you are, are, are you talking about going to many, one of the many hot bean subsidiaries? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, if we can, we can stop by a hot bean on the way out to, are we going home? We're going back to our kissy Kate lady, right? Well, I was going to suggest that nothing's a buzzkill like watching kissy Kate flirt with Saul. So we can return the leg first and then see how you feel after that. Yeah, just let me get my cup of coffee for that because uh, if I need to, I can then pour it in my face and burn my eyes out. Hey everyone, Gavin here to talk to you about how you can support our show. If you like our show and want us to do better, consider sharing us with your friends, family, and coworkers. Listen to every new episode? Consider taking just a few moments and leaving us a review on iTunes. Having reviews really helps us by making our show more visible to other potential listeners. If you have a little bit of extra money to share and like bonus content, maybe consider becoming a patron of Roll Warriors at www.patreon.com backslash roll underscore warriors. If you pledge just $5 a month, you will get access to exclusive bonus episodes tailor-made with our patrons in mind. 
We recently released our first episode and sent links out to our patrons. Overall, we've had only positive feedback on it, and we sure had a blast putting it together. I'd like to take a moment and thank our current patrons, Daniel Sittler, Billy Young, and James Beatty. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Roll Warriors to get updates about the show and tweet at us using the Roll Warriors hashtag. We have considered doing fake future advertisements during this ad break and would be interested in audience submissions. If you want to contribute, make sure to tweet at us with your idea or submission. Lastly, be sure to check out our website at www.rollwarriorsadventures.weebly.com for links to our Twitter feed, our most recent episodes, and bios for both our characters and the people behind the characters. So check it out. All right, that's enough for me. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So you guys are headed back to the longshoreman and you're and you're going to stop by uh to get coffee on the way and so G, you get a uh phone call on your agent hey this is mr yellow i'm just checking in to see how that investigation's doing um we haven't made as much progress as we like however um our next step is going to procure the code to continue the investigation so the code would be important. Yes, I left it. I left it in the the terminal in my office, and you never you never grabbed it. Oh yeah, we wanted to get a head start on the mission. However, I will be heading there very soon to acquire that. When's a good time? It's no trouble. Listen, I'll just send it over the wire. Okay, um, we can just send it to our headquarters. And I'll receive the code there. That should have the most secure signal. Okay. Um, and he's going to ask you for, like, the the VIN or the v- VPN for the wherever you're staying. Because um, he doesn't know where you are. All right. That should be everything you need to get started. Now, we I'll, I'll say we did a preliminary investigation. And uh, the... You're going to want to look at the at the last six digits of the code signature. I think that they might be something have something to do with uh, longitudinal and lat- latitudinal directions. But when we investigated that area, we came up with dead ends. So okay. And he he says very good, and he hangs up. And then the next thing that happens is you guys pass by the uh, hot bean. Abel can get her her cup of cup of steaming hot mud. <clears throat> Dope! I feel so much more at ease. Yeah, this one was this hot bean was kind of a disgusting place, like not very well taken care of at all. Well, that's why I go to hot bean and not cold bean because hot bean they boil your coffee to the point where any sort of uh, bacteria, fungus and or other uh, nerve agents besides that of the caffeine cannot survive in a hostile environment that is my cup of liquid. Uh, with that, I think if there's anything, if there's nothing else, you guys arrive back to the longshoreman. And the bar is relatively crowded as per usual. There's a general ruckus going on as, as different... Um, dock workers and nomads are uh, playing games, drinking, singing, 
uh, this is where they come to unwind. So they're they're doing it in the f- fashion that in the fashion that be uh, behooves them. Yeah, but Kissy's but Kissy's behind the bar in her usual location. Hey, Kissy Kate. Hey, Kissy Kate. And, and Saul just kind of like gently grabs the leg from Soy Fungi. We got a leg. It's the thing from that dude who like I don't know the guy in the box that you were like hey go get go get something of value from him, but he didn't have anything of value so we just kind of like took his leg. Oh, you talking about Stanley? Oh yeah, I didn't think you guys were gonna find any cash on him or something. Uh, listen, I mean, ever since he ever since he came back from uh, the corporate wars, he's he's been messed up in the head, and. Uh, you know, he came to drink here for a while, but then the money ran dry, so I had to kick him to the curb, but he still owed me, you know, what am I gonna do? I got a business to run. Well now he's offering a leg up. Yeah, here's a leg, you know, taken from I'm assuming a veteran with terrible PTSD. Very good. Okay. I can uh, I can sell this. This this is workable. Okay. You guys did a good job. Thanks, Kate. You ever do a job well, but then, like, you feel like you didn't do a good job afterward? No, can't say as I have. Huh. Well, okay, I'm going to go upstairs and take a shower before I go talk to some people about weapons. And I'm going to go check on this code for Mr. Gallo. While they go upstairs, I'm going to sit at the bar and watch, um... As clandestinely as I can, uh, the bar patrons play their poker game, so I can kind of study their um, playing style. Yeah, there is a game of of uh, Great Auk going on at one of the tables, and they don't seem very skilled at it, but they're they're having a fun time. So, and they're they're betting like weird, like little attachments. Um, so one of them's bidding like a, a scope on his cyber eye and the other one has bet like some gold teeth and there's another one who, who bet like the springs on his like leg enhancers. It's, it's weird stuff. Um, and it seems to be more, the idea of it is not so much that these things have value to the, to the victor but that it is something that the loser doesn't have after, um, which is the point of the, the fun that they're having. Okay. So that it, I'm not seeing any sort of, like, great prodigal skill going on in this bar. No, no, it's going to be... They're, they're playing Great Auk in a bar. They're not, uh, they're not I mean, the, the next sort of uh, poker star. You've found diamonds in rougher mines, sir. So, um, all right. Well, after watching that for probably like an hour, just just kind of like learning the game and kind of figuring out the lay of the land down in the bar area, I'm just going to have the the Kissy Kate or whoever the barkeep is top off my coffee with some whiskey and then go upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. In the time that you're watching, um, the only thing of like note is that you see uh, one guy who has bid bid away like all the teeth in his mouth, and by the end of it, he's just like, "I can't work this. You gotta give me my teeth back." And they're all laughing like raucously at, at his misfortune. <laughs> Dope. 
Okay, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and I'm gonna go upstairs and write. thing that's happening is uh, Soifengji, you get the code um, sequence for the um, the hack that the hacker used. Um, it was the code sequence that was left behind when they placed a virus into the system to cover their tracks. Um, and so like Mr. Yellow suggests, you pay special attention to the last six digits. Are you going to like put those into a map or do anything special with that? I wanted to scan the code um, to check what type of virus it is, just to see how and if it would be dangerous to try and access any part of the code. The virus looks extremely weird, like something that you haven't come across in your time as a netrunner. Um, it's very like specific. Um, and it kind of like, you don't know specifically what the, the intention of the virus was just by looking at the code sequence attached to it. But, um, you can see sort of like the personalization that's been done to this and it looks like green fire that this virus has the appearance of, of green fire, but Yes, the the last six digits. It's it's not dangerous to access, um, so you 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 don't have to worry about like damaging yourself or or your interface. Okay. All right. Uh, interesting. Okay. Wow, I've never seen anything like this before. It's it's so complex, almost. Alien. Okay. Alright, I'm gonna... Almost. Uh, I don't recognize it. It's... Aw. Uh... Is it like... Is it like otherworldly? And Saul's saying this as he's like... He is dressed. He's just like kind of... Wiping his hair it's, off. It's... It's spooky. Uh, I would... Dare to say Eldritch. Uh, whoa! Do you need help with that? Because I can help with that bit. Um, I'm going to try accessing the last six digits and if you see if I can. Fungi, I saw something down in the the bar that could probably help you. <laughs> no, no. So Fungi said Eldritch. It's like Abel. Do you want to learn about the secrets of the universe? No, no, I don't. Actually, what what time is it? Oh shit, you're right. I gotta get going. Have fun. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about Eldritch things later, and like, I'll explain your mind, dude. I have zero itches. I swear to God. Well, make sure you have enough cream for all of us. If you need me to stop and get some cream, I will on the way back from the, the gun deal. <laughs> Alright, so the 
Yes. What are you? What are you doing? Um, okay. Um, I put in the last six digits and see what happens. So you're just gonna you're entering these like into the search bar in your agent and just gonna see what happens. Yeah. So eight zero zero eight one three. Okay. Um, you type that in, and one of the first search results is on a map, and it shows a city block in the Sun Hills. I'm not familiar with it. Does anyone know the reference of Sun Hills? Were we just? I thought we were just in Sun Hills. Were we? No, you're in the you're in the South Wharf. No, I thought the the homeboy that we went and like he had the weird dolls in the corner. Was he? Well, Sun Hills is like the land of the rich, right? Where all the elves live. The it's it is a very affluent area, yeah. Hmm. Okay, so whoever the hacker is, they have some connections in high places. Can I call out Mr. Yellow? Sure. Okay. He says, uh, hello again. Okay, Mr. Yellow, I've deciphered part of the code, and I've pulled up a depiction of a city block in Sun Hills. I'm glad that we're on the same page here. I sent out a couple of a couple of my men to investigate that area of Sun Hills, and it's mostly, like, entertainment buildings and restaurants and stores and shops and stuff, so we kind of hit a dead end there. Okay, I'll investigate this further. Um, just from what I'm seeing, this code is... It's like nothing I've ever seen before. It's... it's right. So yes. complex. I mean, whoever whoever did this is a pro. Like, they couldn't possibly come anywhere close to cheap. All right, that's all I have for now. Very good. And he hangs up. Yeah, I'm thinking about calling Amir. Yeah, I mean, you can certainly you can certainly call him and see if he wants to take a, re- a trip to the Sun Hills. Uh, I mean, he'd be down for that. Um, oh. He just wants you for your body, Sufanji. Okay. Um. That actually gives me an idea. this building that you were said you were told to meet Colm at and it's sits directly next to the police headquarters for the South Wharf and the building itself is pretty innocuous it's a derelict with like boarded up windows and the front door is chained off as you uh, get closer you see Colm coming around the corner and he, he waves to you and approaches you. Like, hey, Colm, like, uh, uh, is this where we're, we're meeting up, um, with, uh, with your man, Videl? Yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna be here in a couple minutes. I think he's just running late on something. Uh, 
not to not to throw like a shadow of doubt on anything or anything, man. But like, we're pretty close to the police department. Is is, is that how you guys like operate? Well, you know the the easiest. Well, the last thing they would expect is for us to be operating right under their nose. You know, you you kind of anticipate like a meeting on a abandoned dock or a grassy field, but uh, right next to them, they're not paying as close attention. It's kind of like it's kind of like the nose right in your on your face. Your eyes don't see it. Huh. That's uh. That's pretty clever and profound. You guys, I like how you guys operate. Yeah. Oh, uh, here he is. And um, you see, coming from the... They're down the police station steps past several uh, uniformed officers and people being processed, comes Fidel Manchurian, who is a rather short, bald man, aside from the fact that he has these like cybernetic legs that extend his height up to be more kind of in line with everybody else and uh kind of gives off like that napoleon vibe you know just try to tries to play it off like he's taller than he is and as he gets closer you see two sort of defining features the first is he has a flaming eight ball tattoo on the back of his neck that's rather prominent. And the other thing is he is carrying a rather large, unwieldy briefcase. This thing has like a, like reinforced uh, metal of some kind, and it looks like it has like a power cell. He, he approaches uh, and he says, Oh, you, are you the guy? Let's, uh, let's do this quickly. I have other meeting. Of of course, sir. It's it's a uh, great to to meet you. Uh, my name is Saul, and uh, Saul goes to like put his hand out to shake his hands, and while he does that, he's got to try to like side eye the the briefcase. Like how I want to see. Well, Saul wants to see like how big it is. Like if it is it like guitar shaped? Is it like could it carry a violin or you know any number of things? Yeah, give me a roll. Uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna use his tech score. So he rolled a nine. So altogether, that's nineteen. Okay, so what you can tell, first of all, this thing is about the size of like a large printer um, by today's standards, and the metal right off the bat you you identify as uh, reinforced titanium, and the power cell looks like the kind that would power a cooling chamber on the inside. And he, he pushes past you um, as Colm unlocks the door and you guys go in and there's like six or so nomads going about their sort of duties in this rather like op- wide open building. There's uh, like crates pushed to the sides and the center of the floor is very, very uh, bare with just a single table and uh, two guards posted at the table. And uh, he walks into the middle of the room where these two guards are, and Colm kind of gestures to the table and says, uh, please place your effects. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. So Saul will, will walk up to the table and he'll take off his backpack and out of the backpack, he'll pull out, um, a little pocket calculator, a uh, pen of some sort, and also a Militech brand, like kind of a small, like legal pad, um, so that he could like write down orders and whatnot on it. And then also a couple of tools, you know, just to kind of take apart weapons and also show off like there's internals and whatnot. So he opens up his, he untucks his flannel and kind of like billows it out and shows that he's carrying a weapon and really slowly and carefully in front of the two guards takes the submachine gun out from its, its jacket holster and he unloads it. He unloads the clip. He racks the chamber. So the bullet, you know, pops out um, and then just lays it out open on the table. Yeah. No sooner have you sort of laid everything out than these two guys start going over everything. They're turning it over in their hands. They're checking for sort of anything out of the ordinary and Colm's just like, they're mostly looking for listening devices or anything that might explode. Oh, yeah, that's that's perfect. It's, I mean, that's normal stuff, man. Like, this isn't the first my first rodeo, you know. <laughs> sure thing. And Fidel kind of gives you a, a look over, and he says, All right, let's get down to business. All right, Mr. Fidel. Well, um, first off, like I said, my name is Saul. I am a Militech weapons uh salesman representative um i recently have just come to polaides and i'm kind of like looking to find clients who may uh who may need militex brand of weaponry and and their tools and such and i uh, word on the street was that the uh that your family was like looking to make a deal and while I do apologize, I do not have anything to really demo today other than my Militech brand submachine gun. I can tell you that because of that and also because I would be a direct wholesaler, I can get you some fantastic deals on any type of weaponry and armament that um, you guys may need from Militech. Well, I was hoping to blow stuff up today. Sorry, that is unfortunate, but we may deal. It al- It always is when you can't, you know, get that good feeling of blowing something up or shooting a good fresh hot round but uh, like i said i can get you the best wholesale deals on the market and i'm looking forward to uh to having a long-lasting relationship with you guys so like the first deal is going to have a lot a lot of sales i can tell you that all right um go ahead and make a persuasion roll just to see how well this is going that is a 10 altogether Okay. Well, mostly we are interested in ammunition for my for my men, but if I could get heat-seeking rounds and also uh, incendiary bullets, if you may, as well, my group would need... Well, first off, all guns need to be ID-locked, just as a as a... General rule: If I if I mention any gun purchase, add an ID lock to it immediately. Uh, otherwise, I would like six heavy pistols with clip cyclers and the ID locks, obviously. Saul is just jotting all this down um, on the legal pad, and he kind of just he picks up the pocket calculator and starts punching some stuff in. Well, normally, so like we sell um, a clip 
of the heat seekers and or incendiary rounds for so heat seekers are about five hundred dollar or five hundred euro bucks a clip and three hundred euro bucks for a clip for incendiary bullet rounds. Um but you're gonna get a discount because it is first buyer time or first time buyer. And also uh, I can get you a wholesale discount on top of that if you're like going into into larger quantities. Um as for ID locks and clip cyclers how many how many do you need like in general what's a good number six for just for my my guards these men here it's all kind of like rub his chin a little bit tell you what first time buyer special and because I, I i really i believe you guys are a very outstanding group um i've heard nothing but good things from from Colm. uh id locks unfortunately will have to come uh, they will come at a discounted rate, but they will be uh, a price added onto it. But I'll get you those clip cyclers. Those six will come free, okay? That's very nice. Um, Colm, do you have any preference for something? And um, Colm kind of like rubs his hands together. And he's just like, yeah, you guys got any of them containment grenades? I've been wanting to test those things out. It'll it'll take a little while for the containment grenades to be shipped here, but I will I'll rush order them special. Um, but I can get you a box of them, which will be about fifty of them. For and he's just plugging away at the calculator. He's just tapping away. Uh, yeah, a a case of them. That's about five hundred to a case. Uh, for about ten thousand euro bucks. No, no, no. We don't need that much. I'm giving Colm three. Oh, okay. Yeah, for three. Oh, that's easily again first time buyer special do, bo, 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 do, 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 do. about 300 euro bucks really that's not very very nice we usually see them on market price closer to 600 well sir mr fidel like i said i am very very excited to make a long-lasting relationship with your your crew as it were um and I've always been told and I always believe that putting your your best foot forward is the best way to establish a good relationship. Um, I would be certainly remiss to to not give all of you the deals that I believe all of you deserve. Well, Sol, I like you. We can do business and I need quite a quantity of, of ammunition. So how much can you get me for a million? For for a million, uh, uh, Mr. Fidel, I I can get you at least a thousand crates of the incendiary, and also a thousand of the heat-seeking rifles or sorry ammunition, and in within those cases, a thousand cases, uh, each one comes with about mm, a thousand clips. That's very nice. Well, it will keep us well stocked for coming months. I I have one more request. I would be remiss if I did not get something for Popper. Uh, could I add on a photonic scope to the order? And uh, is this is this Popper person kind of higher up in the uh, your echelon per se? They are. Um, yes. That uh, that photonic scope is going to be as a gift from Militech to this pauper um i i again i would be remiss if i couldn't 
again, put my best foot forward. And all I can say is I hope that you do tell them that um, this is a gift from Militech and it'll come with a, a corporate uh, intro bag and also a little corporate uh, intro letter as well. Very good, very good. That's all that I have. Okay, um, just to finish up some paperwork, so I'm just going over your uh, order once more. So normally our corporate um, policy is that you pay half up front and then half upon delivery. Um, so is there, do you guys have uh, any preferred method, um, agent payments, uh, cases of money? How, how would your, you folks like to do this? I do not like this policy. It is, I do not know you very well, and I am not giving you 500,000 euros just to walk out the door right now and I get nothing. It's all right, Mr. Fidel. I, I understand the, the worry in this situation. Um, so we do have, Militech does have a contingent policy. If you don't want to go with policy A, then we can do policy B where um, uh, there will pay, full payment will be upon full delivery. Um, however, as a rider to that, uh, Militech has it so that usually they send their own little uh, group of escorts with me and with the goods. This is normal for me, how we do drug and weapon deals. Oh, well then, that's that's perfect. Um, I can do that very easily, so I don't need to take any payment today. I will, uh, but however, I, I will get going as soon as I can. I don't want to interrupt any of your other meetings. But um, I will uh, I will rush order your items. So they should be here, you know, within like two to three days. Very good. Very good. And as you guys are finishing up with your uh, chat, someone else comes into this building from the front door. Three individuals, in fact. They're all wearing matching uh, vests with these vector line skulls on the back and uh, the middle person is wearing a gas mask which you find kind of unusual given the lack of gas or pollutants in the air around you and once they get in and the door is closed they remove their gas mask and there is a, a younger guy with sort of like this spiky hair it, there each each spike has like a different color tint to it so it, it kind of is like this glowing rainbow of hair spikes uh and he kind of gives you a uh concerned look or or a suspicious look as he passes you and fidel says ah my 315. Sol, if you could leave now. Oh, of course. And, and Sol just gathers up his goods and puts them all in his backpack. And he's going to try to, I guess he'll he'll try to do another side eye on the three guys who just entered and try to kind of listen um, or catch, you know, uh, whatever conversation they have as you walk out of the building. It looks like he's minding his own business, but he's not. Yeah, give me a uh, human perception. Again, that's going to be 12. The uh, new individual, the gas mask individual, 
uh, asks Fidel, Was there any trouble acquiring it? Do you have it? Fidel says, No trouble. Man on inside did good job. He, like, holds up the briefcase. And uh, as you, like, just as you're exiting the door, yeah, you hear the, the, in, the first individual say, Excellent. And you leave. And uh, once you're back out onto the street, you look over and notice that what once was a ordinary uh, police precinct is now like a just chaotic mess. There's officers everywhere uh, coming and going from the building. There's patrol cars parked all over the street uh, as if they've just arrived in a hurry and kind of like a crowd is starting to form on the streets wondering what's what's going on what the hubbub's all about like what's what's going on what and Saul just kind of like is out of his element for a moment um as he is not used to like doing a deal and then encountering a shit ton of police out of the blue so he kind of like looks directly at how the police are are just going like I guess like uh, acting like a bee's uh, you know, as their nest is being bothered. Yeah, I, I like I like to think the ant analogy. Like you put something, like a something in the path of the ants, and suddenly they're running all over the place, looking for order. Oh yeah, and and Saul just sees all this, and he just kind of like gulps and turns around on a heel and just starts like walking, not not quite jogging, not quite like a brisk walk, but also. He's trying to make it look as like relaxed as possible, so it's like this weird kind of like stiff, but not like walk. So <laughs> he ends up kind of looking like he's doing this weird uh, shuffling, and he's just trying to make himself seem as normal as possible. But it's just freaking him out more and more. So the last thing that kind of is of note is as you are walking away from the police precinct, you catch. A, they have like these kiosks uh, kind of all over the street that show various wanted posters um, that are kind of like on or on the loop. And uh, something catches your eye uh, as you're walking past. And this is a kiosk displaying um, known skeleton terrorists. Uh, the first name is and, and face is Marius Bones Booker. They list him as seven feet tall. He has a chromium bottom jaw and tribal tattoos all over his face and neck. There is a, a large bounty for him, like really astronomically large. Then um, the scroll changes and the next face is the face that you recognize um, as the guy that you just saw in um, the room with Fidel. Uh, this is listed as Skipjack. It's the same young young guy with the spiky uh, rainbow hair with a pretty high bounty on his face as well. And then the final scroll is for this older man who's also got the same like sort of head-to-toe tattooing uh, as Marius, but uh, he has like a mohawk and these cyber oral implants that cover both of his ears, uh, and his name is Toothy. And there's a similarly high bounty as uh, Skipjack on him. So, like, kind of, he he sees all that, 
and he kind of just, I guess, takes a recording of it on his uh, agent as kind of like discreetly as possible. Um, or maybe not even really discreetly, just like from a distance. Um, and then, and he's about to call in the, uh, he's about to call in the order to Newt, but then his hand just kind of like hovers over Newt, and he starts scrolling, and he finds Abel, and he, he you know, shoots it, and so he shoots a text to Abel that pretty much just goes like, um, something along these lines. Dear, like, dear Abel, yo dude, do your, like, police dudes know what's up, dude? So I just, I just met with this gun, the gun dudes, and another dude came in, and he was like, dude, where's my package, dude? And the other dude was like, dude, your package is in the corner, dude, with my other dudes. They're, they're guarding it, dude. And the dude told me, so you, so, and the dude then told me, like, yo, see you, dude. And I was like, see you, dudes. Bye. And then I saw all the cop dudes, and, and the dude that had come in, and dude, like, he's wanted, dude. Like, dude, this is some crazy shit, dude. Like, the dude wanted to get, I, I don't know, but there's some dude on the inside, dude. Like, one of your dudes. They're messing with my dudes, dude. I'm I'm so confused, dude. Ah! And then he finishes off with just a bunch of, like, screaming emojis. And then sends it. And then kind of takes a deep breath. He's like, okay, now, now it's time to talk to Newt. At getting all of that out of his system and then he calls Newt and uh, he starts to put an order holy heck this is mighty order you have done great job today hey Newt like there's there's a reason why I was the the best in Dusk City man like that's why they sent me here that's why you went on the on the sale sale leaders retreat to Cabo yeah that was pretty fun that was those are crazy times dude like I remember you got into all that trouble, and like I kept on thinking that the, the um what was it the reptilians were following me when in actuality it was just the housekeeper saying you know like please leave the room so I can clean it. Her name was Wanda, and I had much sex with her too. I know, man. Like you, you tell me. It was also very apparent when like, like, you used my room, um. But other than that, man, like, uh, yeah, I, I was wondering if I could also get all this stuff, like, rush-ordered. Um, and if you wouldn't mind uh, saying a little word to um, local Militech reps, um, is I think I'm going to probably need a, an armed escort just because uh, my my guys, the new guy I was working with, like, he, a uh, new client, rather, um, he kind of didn't want to do the classic half now half later and he wants to do it all you know on the deal oh yes the gangster contingency yeah i don't i mean i don't know why they always like doing that but it is just their business practice the the gangster does not want does not trust the militech representative and it is rather sad and disheartening that business must be taken care of this way but it is what they are used to they are accustomed to this distrustful standoff yeah well it is what it is you know like give it give it like uh, maybe half a year or so and i'll i will be you know going to the retreats at their cabo you know man and uh, and then i'll have my one of my gangster friends sleeping with the gangster's maid in my gangster's hotel room you know like it'll it'll be fun 
All right, I gotta go, and I think I'm gonna go get a penguin taco and some chocolate milk as a celebration because I think I think old Saul here deserves a little pat on his back. But it was great talking to you, new, and um, yeah, I'll I'll hit you up in a couple days. Really great talking to you too. Goodbye. Thanks. Bye, Newt.